0: I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team,
1: every day.
0: And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And we're talking to you on Sunday following the Green Bay Packers 33 to 32 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. And joining me as always is my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rorink. That That's a hell of a game, Keith. I don't I know we were just talking a minute ago. I I I figured they would lose and, and lose comfortably, and that was before all the inactives came out, so I I hate to go with the moral victories card, but there's something to build here, isn't there? I I think there is, Bill. And, I mean, if, if there's a way to, to feel really
1: good about a loss, I, I think this is it. And, and we talked about this even last week, that it was possible for them to lose to Atlanta and still make some progress as a team that had you feeling pretty good about their end-of-year prospects. I I feel like this was it. Again, I, I think I had them losing... Thirty-one to twenty-three, or, or something along those lines, and I didn't think it'd be close. I thought Julio Jones would have a field day, and, and again, that was before the inactives came out.
0: What I mean, you could start an all-star, not an all-star team, but you could start a hell of a good football team with. Let's see, you got Sam Shields and Eddie Lacy on IR, and then today you have. Um, I'll, I'll probably miss someone. You got Randall Cobb, James Starks, Ty Montgomery, Jared Cook. Clay Matthews. um, God, I, I did, I forgot two guys. That's sad. I
1: mean, there's a, there's a few problems. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, Demarius Randall and Quentin Rounds. You know, the guys who need to play pass defense. <laughs> who needs those guys? No, I, irrelevant. You got Dimitri Goodson. Yeah, you know, normally the, uh,
1: you, you get the game actors and it's a, a little bit of a, of a shrug and, you know, a lot of names that you didn't expect to play anyways. That wasn't the case today. So, for them to to lose like they did, to have it be that close, to, to really have the victory there with all those guys out of the lineup, I mean it really is a testament to I think it's a testament to Aaron Rodgers. I think it's a testament to the offense, it's a testament to the defense and, and really the coaching. I mean, again, there you know, McCarthy isn't gonna sit up there and talk about moral victories, no one is, but there were things this team did today against Atlanta. That they haven't done all year, and things that they did with more consistency, somehow, with that many guys out of the lineup. So, if you if you take a long view and, and say this is a team that's, depending on on where Minnesota goes the rest of the year, should be in play for the NFC North or a NFC Wildcard spot, I liked what I saw today, despite the final score.
0: Aaron Rodgers used the word proud eight times. I transcribed as a. Uh post-game press conference it was about five minutes and ten seconds proud eight times out of like 750 words so he was he was proud of the performance is what i gathered out of that and again you hate to go with the moral victories thing but you're right and you hate to say that eddie Lacey being hurt is a good thing but i think it is i mean not over the long run i mean they're a better team with Lacey, i'm not saying otherwise but it's forced them to find something in offense that works
1: it really has, and you know, you you go back and look at there's there's different times over the years that a a team or a player has I think gotten better when he's been forced to do something different. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody during the week, and you know, we were on the subject of. The Jeff Janice signing. I mean, are, are you? And then, of course, Nelson. But I mean, who who would have thought that? If you would have told me coming in Rodgers was going to have four touchdowns, I might not have been shocked. If you would have told me none of them were going to Adams and only one was going to Nelson, and, and told me those
0: guys were getting the other three, I, I think I would have put money against that. You those guys in your fantasy football team? Right? <laughs> I have Adams on my fantasy football team, so. Uh. Um, he he might have done just enough to get the victory for me. I'm uh, I'm I'm still crossing my fingers for the Eagles defense tonight. It's amazing. Adams twelve catches for seventy four yards. Riders completes twenty eight out of thirty eight. Just two forty six. It's uh it really has turned into a dink and dunk offense. But again, I think this is good. Where so much of last year was buying time and looking for big plays that weren't going to happen, and the start of this year too, where. You know, he danced out of, you know, he's always dancing on the pocket trying to make the big play. Again, we talked about this last week, maybe even the week before. I think all this other stuff has made him, you know, it's okay to throw the ball two yards down the field and and trust that your guys are going to make something happen. So, again, it's, yeah, you want to make some plays on the field, but I just think this is good for him in the long run because he was in such a funk that, but this is, again, I think it's another good sign going forward. This is the route this offense has gone.
1: I think so, and, and you know, nobody's, nobody's going to get too excited or, or fall in love with, you know, six-and-a-half or, or even eight yards of pass, but when you look at Rodgers and when you look at the offense and you say they're not in rhythm, well, what gets them in rhythm? Completing a lot of passes, quick drops, quick throws, some kind of rhythm. It may not be, you know, 20 yards downfield, that kind of rhythm, but, I mean, it's this, it's this quick-tempo thing but getting the offense back on track, and when you're using the short passing game in place of a run game, you know, really, which kind of harkens back to that West Coast offense, and McCarthy talked about that last week in his, in his post-game post-conference, when you're using that in lieu of a running game, which clearly they need something in lieu of a running game because, you know, God bless uh, John Jackson and, and Nile Davis, but nothing was really happening on the ground today. So if you can use that short pass as – is a de facto run, and as long as you're not getting too many holding calls to to really kind of do that up, I mean, have at it. Because to me, this looked like the most rhythm and tempo I've seen out of this offense.
0: This reminds me of the uh, the early Holmgren years, doesn't it? Where he didn't have great receivers. Especially after Sharp went down, he was out of the equation. But it was throw the ball to Edgar Bennett and it was just dunk and dunk your way, and, and it and it worked back then too. You and you would know better than I. I mean, you were you were with the team back then. Oh yeah. Yeah, and but you're you're exactly
1: right. That's what it was, and and those were the type of little things, you know. It was, it was the quick outs and the slants. Of it. I mean, my gosh, those Holmgren teams—they threw screens all the time. It was a staple of their offense. So that that can get them back on track, and I think it is. And you know, you mentioned Devontae Adams with 12 catches. As I'm watching him and realizing he's got 12 catches with really enough time left, that you're thinking, okay. Last week he had 13 for 132, tied Don Hudson for second all-time. And, and Bill, we talked about this last week, and I I wrote this in last week's game story. I was talking to Adams after the game. He didn't know anything about Don Hudson, though, other than the the name on the uh, practice facility across the street. He knew it was impressive, though, that he had 13 catches, and the last time everybody did it was 1945. When I told him that Don Hudson also had the record of 14 and that he did it a month after he had 13 in the same year, his eyes got wide and he looked at me and was like, whoa. It's like, that, that's cool. <laughs> so I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, at any point is it dawning on him like, I just had 13 catches last week for second place all time in Packer history. I might have a record today. Like, it, it was crazy to see that. And again, the yards weren't there, but I had 25
0: catches in two weeks is, it's just ridiculous. I want the Pro Football Reference to figure that out. They have uh, um, game logs going back to 1950, so this misses Don Hudson. But the previous Packers record, going back to 1950 for catches in a two-game span, Sterling Sharp with 20, then Ty Montgomery with 20 from the previous two weeks. So I mean, he this shows you the un- unprecedented uh, spot that he put himself on with, with 20. I mean, that 25 catches just obliterates that. Again, it's by necessity, and I mean, do you want Devontae Adams lining up as a running back? No, but it's, I mean, they, that they manufacture offense. I mean, I mean, other than Trevor Davis, I mean, this had to be the slowest receiving core on earth. <laughs> I mean, Devontae Adams isn't a, isn't a fast guy. No. Nelson at this point and his comeback's not fast. Geronimo Allison's not fast. I mean, Janice and J- Davis are, but not a whole lot of playmakers out there, and to cobble together with 32 points on of that was, uh, really amazing. Oh, I think so. And, and you look at the way they did it, too. I mean,
1: when they had Adams in the backfield, they threw that screen to him. And, and again, the place Janice was running, and, and I mean, and for Davis to get that touchdown, too, what a, what a great play by that rookie. Just a few plays after he gets the 55-yard punt return, he comes in, finds that spot on the, on the right side of the end zone, keeps both toes in, and just, and just falls out. What a... What a great play. And we saw, you know, it's one thing to see a veteran guy like uh, Jordy Nelson kind of find that soft spot in the zone. To see young guys start making plays like that, again, that's, when you put these guys in a spot where they have to make a play, it's it's amazing and, and kind of fun to see these young guys who haven't done it before step up and show that, yeah, they can be counted on. And, and really, there's no other option.
0: All that said, they did lose, and once again when when the game was on the line and and i'm not going to make a big deal of this i mean there there are stats for aaron Rodgers' fourth quarter comeback record is just putrid and again again you were talking a half a minute and that's a long shot but they again if these guys aren't winning in the fourth quarter they're up they're up a creek and you know if rogers can hit nelson and that play to midfield i mean they got a fighting chance but they they misfire there and they end up burning in a timeout and just kind of go down, go down without a whimper. Um, I guess how big of a concern is that to you? Where they do all these good things, but it's just not good enough.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to say proud of a ninth time after uh, after Rogers said it eight, but yeah, it, at some point you can. I guess if you if you want to be glass half full, and, and again, the you know you got to look at the scoreboard and you know they. Coaches and players talk all the time. You know, it doesn't matter. Stats don't matter, and personal accolades don't matter, and it doesn't matter if you win by, you know, 50. If you win by one, a W is a W. Well, and an L is an L. So you can look at that last series and say those were three of the worst passes that he threw the whole game. I mean, again, you know, overshooting guys, throwing behind guys, and then the, the fourth and three play it wasn't even a – you know, it wasn't even one of those 50-50 balls. I mean, there was, you know,
0: Adams never had a shot at it. Yeah, for the game, um, for the fans who didn't listen to his comments or read them elsewhere, Rodgers said that that he thought Adams was going was gonna to come back for the ball, and Adams thought he had his guy beat and was going to go down the field and try to make a play. So they were they were on the same page, so, you know, you know what happens, since I can't use the, the other four word, the four-letter word there, but it's just a an ongoing thing, and it's really the one blemish on it's and it's not again it's not a rogers stat per se it's it's a one blemish on the rogers mccarthy era where if they're if they're winning going in the fourth quarter they're generally going to win if, and if they're losing they're generally going to lose um again i hate to make too much out of it on a, on a day when you don't have cobb and montgomery and you probably feel fortunate to be in that position but you're right it was probably he threw 10 incompletions completions all day and three and three in the last series it's uh it's a yeah. nagging problem if you got to fix it. They're gonna if they're gonna get this thing turn around and then make some noise because, as we all know, it is held on for a reason. And playoff births are all well and good, but you gotta you gotta make some noise when it counts.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I guess in, in fairness to him, that's
0: a. I mean, things are things are pretty tight with thirty-one seconds. Yes. I don't know. though. I mean you.
1: You've played the whole game. You know, with without the guys that are in the line, you whole game with guys like Allison and Davis and and Janice supplementing Adams and Nelson and you know you haven't had the running game so I don't know do we come back and and make an excuse for that at the end of the game when really they just need three yards?
0: Good point.
1: I, I don't know I mean I I mean if you if you only looked at those if you looked at just that last series and said and here's a Here's how it went for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. You'd look at him and be like, ah, oh, he must have had a horrible game. And it, really, that last series wasn't indicative of anything else he had done prior to that. But unfortunately, again, when he needed to make a play, it didn't happen. And you can, you know, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with people about his fourth quarter comebacks and, you know, gotten the whole spiel about, you know, it's not him, it was the defense, this situation and that situation. But, at some point, all the situations for all the quarterbacks and all the comebacks kind of even themselves out, and, and it is what it is. And then, again, as you said, the, the fourth quarter comeback numbers are, are not good.
0: defense um as great as the offense was shorthanded the defense wasn't but what i mean what the hell do you make out of that i mean if you're without your top three corners and your and your best all-around player i mean i guess i guess what do you expect against the number one offense in the nfl right i I don't that's that's my take on i guess throw it out the window i suppose
1: you know i mean i mean a couple plays here and there but again isn't isn't that what it always is but they held the running game in check. there was the you know, there was that run by Freeman where it looked like Martinez had the backfield. You know, they had a couple plays like that. Obviously, uh, Dimitri Goodson was, you know, trailed his trailed his guy it was a uh, Gabriel that caught the pass at the 30, and, and Goodson was trailing him the whole way to the end zone. So that was that was that one pass play. I mean, those were those were the two that stick out. I think they didn't get a lot of pressure on Ryan, but then they had the back-to-back sacks, and I. I I felt watching it that Peppers stepped up and and had a good game, had kind of a you know Peppers of of a couple of years ago sort of day. And but again, it, it wasn't quite enough.
0: Yeah, that last that last drive, I mean, they never got close to stopping them. I mean, the Falcons had a third and two and a third and one. I mean, that was it. I mean, they it was they never got close to getting out the field. It would I, again, I don't I don't know what you make out of it when you got guys playing defense who. We shouldn't be either A, are they on the roster, or play special teams, or B, depth, or B, wouldn't be on the team at all without the injury. So I don't know what to make out of it, other than, that was horrible. Well,
1: <laughs> and, and it, was a, it was a weird, you know, it got, we, we just got done talking about Aaron Rodgers' inability to kind of bring him home right at the end there. It really was the opposite, and and you and I have joked many times about the, the Matty Ice nickname.
0: Yes, we had Maddie Slush, I called him. <laughs>
1: but, you know, two quarterbacks at the end of the game, when it really counted, one of them was, you know, moving his offense down the field like he had maybe the whole game, and the other quarterback who had, had been moving his offense down the field was, you know, suddenly putting the ball in the places where his receivers weren't. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, you could argue the end of the game was the best that Matt Ryan had looked. You know, that, that
0: final that final two minutes was better than he had looked in the previous 58. Good point, Um, So what do you think big picture? I mean, this is probably a good time as any to do this. Because I don't know how much it's worth looking into this game just because of the awful injury situation. But big picture... I mean, you got to at least feel better than you did after the, the Cowboys game, I'm sure, but do you, does this, do you think this has a team has a chance? To, I, everyone always couldn't point to 2010 for obvious reasons, but I, I hate to go that far, but do you feel like this team has a real shot to be a contender?
1: Uh, I mean, are we talking NFC North contender or Super Bowl
0: contender? <laughs> um, a chance that when the playoffs start on January, whatever they start, you know, you'll say, you know what, they have a good shot as anyone.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't know, Bill. I don't know. I, this doesn't feel like, this doesn't feel like 2010 to me. But that said, was it, was it
0: Miami and Washington that they lost back to back in overtime? Right. So they were three and three at that point, in, right? In, in, that, in October. In October. And if you had told me that year they were going to win the Super Bowl, I would have told you that you were, you were uh, a drunker, or, or you know needed needed to be
1: committed because there was <laughs> there was nothing about that team that. That seemed like it was going to the Super Bowl. So, do I th- feel better about this team at-, at this point in the season than I did in 2010? Well, sure, I guess, because I-, I look at these injuries and I almost, in a weird way, I almost feel better about this team in a one-point loss than I did beating a,
0: a really horrible Bears team with a third-string quarterback by 16-0. and That's a good point.
1: I don't know. I mean... Sure, why not? I mean, you know, I, if the Packers were full strength, I look around the NFC, and I mean, who who really scares me? I mean, Seattle just lost to the Saints, so I guess both of those teams are, you know, certainly the Saints can put up points, and, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that Seattle's defense wasn't able to, to hold them down a little more. The, the Packers lost to Dallas, so that's certainly a team to be reckoned with. They lost to Minnesota, so... You know, I don't, I don't think anybody should be talking too much smack about the Vikings regardless of what happened to them at Philadelphia because they beat Green Bay. So until the Vikings start losing more or the Packers beat them, you know, there's there's not much to say about the Vikings. But I don't know. I guess I guess sure. If we're if we're projecting out and we're extrapolating and we're we're predicting improvement for guys like Janice and guys like Davis and Montgomery is going to come back healthy and continue to get better, and Nelson is going to at least start showing us shades of, of Jordy of, of two years ago, and, and Cobb comes back, and they don't really have any semblance of a running game. So assuming that, you know, Starks and or Lacey coming back and or Davis or Jackson getting better, Assuming their running game is better a month from now than it is now, than it is now, which really isn't saying much at all. I mean, sure, why why can't
0: this team be a contender? I'm with you. Yeah, I'm looking at the NFC standings now. Um, Dallas five and one. We obviously we know about them. I just I can't buy the Vikings with that old line and no running game. I mean, I know their defense is great, but I just, I mean, there's no reason why the Packers can't beat them. Seattle, third place in the NFC again. They they have no line whatsoever. Atlanta, I mean, we know we we, we we saw Atlanta today. I mean, big deal. That way, I'm sorry, what's that Keith?
1: Oh, I said Seattle and Minnesota are similar in that way.
0: Yeah, great quarterback can't run the Yeah, and, yeah, but great defenses and but so they're so flawed. So that if they can just get some, if they can just survive this, and, and that's the big thing is it can they survive this? You got the Colts coming to town next week. You know, Indies. Three and five. I mean, they're they're mediocre, but with that quarterback and against Green Bay secondary, you know, you don't want to write them off. And then it's guy, forget the order, but it's Redskins, at, Eagles,
1: at, at Tennessee, yes, at, at the Redskins, at the Eagles, and then at home against the Texans on the fourth. At home against the Seahawks at Chicago, Minnesota at home, and then at the Lions on New Year's Day.
0: So you got Indy's mediocre. Tennessee is four and four. Washington's kind of caught fire here and there. They're uh four and three, and, and the Eagles are four and four and two. Though that's this is a a really hard schedule, and I assume they'll be healthier. And you know, I hate to say this, but because Mike McCarthy would call this a, a polluted mindset, but you just wonder if you looked at the guys, if you looked at a secondary, and you know what? They're they're up a creek in the secondary. You know what? To heck with it. We'll, we'll do our best with what we got, but we're, just gonna, we're not going to play anybody today. I just wonder, and he would never admit to it, but part of me wonders that, you know what? Our secondary's beat to hell. Screw it. We're just going to play healthy guys and guys who are questionable and on the fence. We're not going to play them. And we're taking a big picture view. I, I, I wonder if it's deep down if that was his reasoning for, for the inactives list. We'll never, we'll never know, but I, I, was, I was thinking that when I studied inactives list, act, inactives list on Sunday. That's a, that's, a, that's, a,
1: you're, well, you're, that's a really, really interesting and, and uh, provocative thought there, and, and one McCarthy would certainly never, ever cop uh, to. But, yeah, I mean, did they look at this and say, we're beat up, we can't run, we're on the road against the number one offense and a receiver that's got 830 yards? as hell at full strikes. Right. They come away with a win. Let's not, you know, again, let's take a let's take a long view and not put anyone at risk and, and let's just go out and get some experience with the young guys and see what happens. And and lo and behold they almost pulled it off. But yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting point of view, Bill. I, I think you might be on to something there. Not that uh, we'll ever get any confirmation on it.
0: No, definitely not. Um you know McCarthy comes under a lot of fire over play calling and this and that. I want to say one thing in his support. You know, and I was ready to fire a guy, fire the guy a couple of weeks ago. Um, but they play for him. If there's ever a game where you say "to heck with it" and you and you know, and you roll over, this is it. But they continually play for the guy, and, and that is the. You see that around the league. where you know, where teams quit on their coach at, at some point, and, and to his credit you know, the the players continually play for the guy. And I I think I think that's impressive and when McCarthy always comes under fire when they lose, I'm gonna just point that out in, in, in his support there. I think so too. I mean
1: I and again maybe part of that is, is getting these young guys worked into the mix. These young guys that they don't know any better and they're not you know, they're excited for the opportunity and they just want to come in and make some plays and maybe that kinda energy is is helping Rogers too. And again, you know, chemistry is a you know a funny thing in the sports world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you don't know, you can't manufacture it, and you can't really predict it. But when it's there, you can't miss it. And when it's when it's gone, you're you you know looking everywhere to get it back. But for whatever reason, again, this this offense is. You know, the last couple of weeks doing doing things that we never thought we would see them do on offense. They're clicking in a way that they hadn't, you know, in, in probably a year and a half.
0: Looks like they're having fun, doesn't it? It yeah, seemed, and it good. seemed like that was missing for, for. It was like you know, root canal half the time. It seemed like for these guys, I, I
1: think that's a
0: good thing too. I
1: think you could feel that you could feel the tension. I mean, I felt like you know, sitting sitting in the press box. You know, watching those games, or you know, or whether you're, you're sitting in your living room, you could just, in some of those losses and just with some of those drives. I mean, just the the icy stares from from Rogers to the receivers and the receiver getting up and the ball's not near them. And you know, they, you know, I I, I think we know that no matter who is at fault on a on an errant pass. It's always going to come off like the receivers at fault, and it, it just—I think that starts creating some tension after a while. But it, again, maybe this this stink and dunk passing game isn't all bad because
0: they're completing passes. I, I really, I really like this team. I, I think they got a chance. Ultimately, I don't know if the secondary is ever going to be good enough. I know even even if Randall and Rollins come back, I mean, do we know about those enough about those guys and to actually believe that there are, you know, a. a Guys that could come back from injury and be a playoff caliber, championship caliber tandem like, you know, the Broncos guys. I, I don't I don't know about that, but well, they, they, they showed me something today, and they showed me something last week, too, where they've kind of reinvented themselves on the fly here, and they're having fun again, and, and they're finding contributions from guys who you didn't think they would come through, and I don't know. I I, I like this group. I, I don't know if they got a chance to do anything special, but you know, like you said in 2010, we we didn't think that either. So we'll we'll see. There's a, there's at least a glimmer of hope here. I think compared to a, a few weeks ago, after after the Dallas game, I thought, oh dear God, these guys are they'll be lucky to go eight and eight. Oh yeah, yeah. And and again, when you talk about guys contributing too, I mean, it's not it's
1: not just the guys we've talked about. I mean, you know, Kentrell Bryce is a guy that you know I don't I don't think we gone out of our way to talk about him too much, but he's made some of the biggest hits that I've seen this year, and maybe that I've seen in a couple years. In his play where he came up and hit I don't know if it, I can't recall if it was Freeman or Ward, but they were coming down with a head of steam down the sideline, and he came up from the back of the end zone and just stopped him in their tracks on a half-yard line. I mean, that kid hits like a ton of bricks. I think he could be a special player for them, but it's a little that they can they can
0: spark a team. He's done that every week, hasn't he? I mean, I, he's got. he I mean, he only plays 10, 15 snaps a game, but every week he just clobbers someone. He's a he's he's a hell of a player. And the, for Andre after free agent, what a steal that is.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it's in today's NFL, it's hard to consistently lay a clean hard hit on a guy and. He's done it a, a handful of times this year. I mean, he's, he's really been an, an impressive kid. And, and again, another uh, undrafted, uh, undrafted guy, you know, a, a feather in that Ted Thompson's cap there for, you know, finding that needle in the haystack.
0: Speaking of undrafted guys, have you ever in your life seen a worse pass interference call than one on Gunter against Julio Jones? Is that the first quarter or second quarter, or whatever it was? where Julio Jones tackled him to prevent an interception, and Gunter got flagged. That was unbelievable. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Although, although
1: Gunter, it it seemed to even out later when Gunter
0: know Jones was hurt for for you know 40 minutes or whatever it was of that game but he doesn't seem fa- I mean talking about Gunter nothing bothers the guy I mean he's going up against it, you know I always thought Calvin Johnson was the best receiver since Jerry Rice I mean Jones might be better than Calvin Johnson and he's just not phased at all I mean there are guys who would melt down at the very thought of hey you get this guy one and one good luck buddy Nothing fazed the guy. He is one mentally tough, un, unintimidated. That's not even a word, but he can't be intimidated, I guess. I, I, I really like that in him.
1: Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, they talk about, you know, Corners having a short memory. And I'm like, I don't know if it's having a short memory or, or just being oblivious to it. But yeah, good word. You're right. He, he doesn't really seem to care who lines up opposite him. I mean, he's going to go out and, and play his game. And I think that's a those are easy words for a, for a defensive back to say, but it's hard for a guy to do, and and you're right. I mean, this kid, he could have easily just melted down, or it could have been too big for him. I mean, again, 830 yards coming into this game. I mean, I, you know, count me among those who thought Julio Jones was going to go off for about 250.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop Muhammad Sanu, but... You know what? Let, let's see if there's a rematch between these guys. Let's get Randall and, and Rollins out there, and no more Dimitri Goodson. And give me your best shot. I, you know what? If these guys can just get into the playoffs, I don't think anyone in the world's gonna want to play them. I think so. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be one of those
1: quirky, dangerous teams that people are they're, they're gonna be worried that if they get hot, they're gonna be really hard to stop. All right, Keith.
0: Packers-Colts next week. You'll be there. I'll be there. You'll be in the stanza with your with your kids, right?
1: I'm taking my son to his first Packer game. and uh, it, The first the first game I ever went to with my dad was against the Colts at County Stadium. So uh, this will be a, a little nostalgia. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'll be, be watching from uh, Section 102. No one will be giving me free food or drinks or snap sheets or quotes. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk after next week's game. I'll give you the... Uh, I give you the take from the
0: stands. Who are the quarterbacks for that one? Because they can't, it can't be good. It can't be as good as Rodgers versus Luck. How about how about in that game for you? Who are the
1: quarterbacks? It was uh, gosh, it had to it had to be. I think it was Fav. I think it was Barb. You know, it, it, it's funny. I had I had covered I had covered games with the team before I ever sat in the stands. Uh, at least with my dad. I'd gone to one game in high school. So I'm trying to think. It was five and who would it have been before before Manning? It wasn't – gosh, I don't think it was Jim Harbaugh. That's a good one, Bill. I'm going to have to check on that and get back to
0: you. <laughs> glad, glad to give you some late-night research. I,
1: I know. I, I thought I was going to watch the end of the World Series, and I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> All
0: right, Keith, we appreciate it. and uh, We'll uh... – We'll talk, even though Keith will be in the stands and he, he might be plaster drunk. Nah, not with his kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> but Keith will be back in, in one form or fashion after next week, After next week's game for the podcast. Thanks, Keith. Have a good week. Good, Bill. Talk to you later. <laughs> All righty. Bye. And thank you, as always, for listening. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Lockdown Podcast Network, which includes On NFL and Lockdown Fantasy, and to subscribe to this podcast, via iTunes and the Android app. Thank you for listening, have a great day, and I will talk to you
1: tomorrow.